0: and gentlemen, in this corner, from the University of Colorado, 30 years in the ring, fighting for truth, justice, and the American way,
1: Dan Kaepernick. thank you, Joe Biden. That's what Putin's saying. Russian forces now controlling the largest nuclear power plant in Europe. And moving in on a second one, 855-405-8255, the number. We all know this would not be happening if Donald Trump was president. And it's not limited to Donald Trump. There are scenarios where this would not be happening if certain other people were president. But Joe Biden is president? That's a kick-me-sign. That is a green light to evil everywhere. Love your thoughts. So many questions in this real crossroads moment in history, right? And I know how crazy life is if you're like most people. And, and it's just hard to slow down and step back and appreciate the enormity of this moment we're in right now and what this precedent is going to mean. You know, if you have kids, grandkids, you know what this precedent is going to mean over the next 10, 20, 30 years where evil is just being allowed with plenty of crocodile tears, I get it, and sanctions which really aren't going to get the job done. Evil's being allowed to murder, to murder a nation, completely innocent. No justification whatsoever. Yeah, you don't, you don't think that precedent, you don't think that precedent is going to matter for a long time to come? Isn't going to be the end of it. 855-405-8255. So a lot, lot of hot take sound of the day. And so I want to get your take on a bunch of issues. The ones I'm throwing out now as we go back to the phone lines are just starting points. But Lindsey Graham saying that Putin should be targeted for assassination. Do you want to see the U.S.? start getting into that sort of thing. President Zelensky calling out NATO today, you know, as being weak and, and abandoning Ukraine because it won't do a no-fly zone, or at least, you know, drop-off aircraft over the border, Ukraine can go pick up. So uh, do you think he's right about that? And and please tell me this, in your heart of hearts, in your heart of hearts, do you think that this President Joe Biden would go to war to save Latvia, Estonia, Lithuania, you know, all of these countries that border Russia used to be part of the Soviet Union are now now part of NATO. Would he go to war to save Poland? I don't think he would. And and much more importantly, I don't think Vladimir Putin believes that he would. All righty, let's get some calls in. We'll mix in sound, head into this weekend. So nice to see it so light and bright out there at 5.08 in the afternoon. Yeah, we'll have snow over the weekend, but not a big accumulation. And then, hey, next Saturday, isn't it, Grant, next Saturday? We at Daylight Savings Time. I mean, don't we? All right, we spring forward. It always feels good. David, you're on the Dane Kaplan Show. Welcome.
2: Hey, big fan. You're the
1: best. Thank you. Appreciate that. I'll tell my Uh, wife.
2: I just have two points, and I'm sorry?
1: Oh, I said I'll tell my wife you said that. Are you there? Yes, sir.
2: No, dude, I saw your wife like 15 years ago coming out of the news station and I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my god, there's <laughs> what I'm a courier. And I was oh, okay. like, oh. And yeah, you
1: know, she's amazing.
2: Mind-blowing thing. I had a delivery. I had a delivery back when Trujillo was really big. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, she's one million times more beautiful in real life. I yeah. always thought it was the other way around. I was oh, walking yeah, out of yeah. that news station going, what the heck?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. No, no. my wife so, is hey, all have that.
2: have you ever... Have you ever seen the movie Top Gun?
1: Yes, of course. The Who hasn't? Tom yes, I, of course. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. Okay, that okay that jet is probably one of the greatest. I'm just an online jet fanatic. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm not a, a mm. fighter pilot. I'm just yeah. a medical driver. Okay, but that was probably one of it was a it was designed to destroy Russian jets. Probably to this day, it could take down. I believe the Su-57, no problems. That's Russia's ripoff of our F-22 Raptor. Okay. But do you know what our government did? And someday I think you're going to do something. So I really want you to remember this. And, mm-hmm. and I know you're smart because someday Thank you're too. going to be somebody more than who you are now. We
1: <laughs> Thank destroyed you. All I think. 160.
2: Yeah, we destroyed all 165 of those F 14 Tomcat. Why? And we also sunk a perfectly good working aircraft carrier. How handy would that be for NATO? Right
1: well, you don't have to go back that far. Think of what of Biden left Russian behind killing. in Afghanistan. Think about what he left behind in yeah, Afghanistan.
2: But why, and I am not. I love our military, and I'm not saying it's our military. And I bet you if there's a fighter pilot listening, he's going, hurrah. Because I bet you every one of those guys were going, what the hell are you doing? Do, do you remember the F- yeah. F- F-17 Nighthawk that took I, down Baghdad? I, I,
1: I, I got to tell you, I'm not we an just, expert on hardware. Yeah.
2: Okay. We destroyed all those, Dan. We, we, we should be giving yeah. them to people. Well, we, we've got, we've we got stuff,
1: David. We've got stuff we can give them now. The question is, should the U.S. and other NATO countries, you know, be leaving aircraft over the border that Ukraine can just go pick up? You know, combat drones, combat-capable yeah, drones, etc.
2: But if Ukraine had 30 of those F-14 Tomcats, they would have never crossed.
1: Yeah. yeah,
2: you'll remember that. So much. Oh,
1: it's it's all so about that. So someday when
2: you're a senator or something, and they're trying to decommission the F-16, make sure that they store. Well, just remember to we're call me. Need
1: them in the future. That's I will count point. on you to call me. What, and remi- I'll count on you to call no, me and no, remind I know me of you that. Are. Okay. No, are. <laughs> no, no, I appreciate more, that. Just yes. one more
2: quick question about NATO. One more quick question. Sure. Last night when I was watching that nuclear, uh, uh, the, the reactor getting attacked, I was going, "Oh my God! How could the president of Poland?" Are Germany not be sending in their versions of the Navy seals right now, so if somebody that's one of our NATO partners is an attack, but they attack like like say Poland launched their version of the Navy seals on that that mess last night at the, at the thing would that would we would we have to back them up? Do,
1: yeah. Oh, oh, Oh. yeah, David. No, great question. And thank you for the kind words. Great question you ask. And, and that's why you can be sure behind the scenes, there's this absolute agreement, you know, probably led by Biden between NATO nations that nobody, no NATO nation is going to do anything, you know, that could prompt a Russian response, because at that point, everybody else from NATO would have to get involved. And they're clearly not willing to. But but here's the part that should discuss you. And I really well, so much should. Right. But I really want to get your take on the morality of this. We haven't really zeroed in on the morality of all of this, because it, it, clearly at this point, all of these so-called Western leaders have made a decision. And I'm not talking about black helicopter conspiracy. I'm talking about these nations talk as they should. But but they have made a decision, a decision to sacrifice the people of Ukraine and that nation to Russia. Hopefully, hoping that Putin stops there, right? Do you doubt that? If you doubt that, we'll make you the first caller. 855-405-8255, the number. But clearly, if you judge them by their actions, not their words, which is what we should always do, right? (laughs) They are absolutely determined to allow Ukraine to fall to Russia. I'm not saying they want it to happen, but they are determined to allow it rather than suffer any kind of significant hardship. That's why they won't even turn off the energy, that they won't even stop Russian oil exports. And there's no guarantee that that would stop Russia militarily, but it has the very best chance to. So don't we owe Ukraine that? And and don't we owe ourselves that? Because anybody who thinks that Putin is going to stop with Ukraine— all that's going to do is energize him, feed him, encourage him, embolden him, empower him. Any idiot can see that. And Biden sees it. So why is Biden permitting it? Remember, it was just a week ago tomorrow. Biden was, was ready to engineer the fall of Ukraine when he offered Zelensky evacuation. He knew if Zelensky left, Ukraine would fall. So why? Why did Biden make this calculation? And allow all this to happen. And don't misread me. I'm not suggesting that, oh, Joe Biden wanted Ukraine to fall, so he did this and he did that, so Ukraine could be taken. No. But but Joe Biden, obviously, long ago, made the calculation that, that he would allow, A, uh, America to a certain extent, and the West to become dependent on Russian oil by cutting off our own oil independence, our own energy independence, and B, that he would let Russia take Ukraine. Why do you think he did that? Eight five five four zero five eight two five five. 8255 And Tucker Carlson's right about a lot of things, but is he wrong about this one? I'll play a hit from Tucker on the other side. You're on the Dan Kaplis Show. in Georgia regular unleaded let it up 24 cents a gallon in the last week, 46 cents in the past month, and that uptick at the pumps felt not only here in Georgia and in California, but take a look at Illinois, up to $4.10 a gallon there. New York and Pennsylvania also breaking $4 and Michigan close behind at $3.83. Now back here in Georgia, this photo obtained by affiliate WSB showing a hole in a gas tank. A driver says someone drilled underneath his car to steal fuel. Others were report- reporting similar thefts across several communities here and authorities say they are looking into this, but TJ experts say these high prices are expected to go up as crude prices continue to climb. Well, wow, wow. that's when, you know, gas prices are high, right? When people are drilling holes in gas tanks and siphoning it off. Wow. 855 8255 gets into a conversation we were having yesterday about uh, how much would you be willing to pay for a gallon of gas if that meant saving Ukraine, because the best shot we have now, it's not guaranteed, but the best shot we have now is cutting off Russia's oil exports. And of course, I understand that, you know, what we really need to be doing is becoming energy independent again, but, uh, but short term, and you know, it's not too late, but Ukraine doesn't have much time left. Something dramatic needs to happen short of American military involvement. But, uh, but why at this point, why do you think the West is refusing Zelensky's request to make aircraft available. Just park them over the border. Let us go pick them up, he says. Leave the keys under the seat. Why do you think the West is refusing that? 855-405-8255. Uh, interesting. Zelensky doing a workaround, around Biden. And tomorrow morning is going to have a video conference with the U.S. Senate. All U.S. senators who want to join 930 Eastern, 730 Mountain, are going to hop on a Zoom with Zelensky. And he's obviously going to pitch them you know, to push to cut off Russian oil exports, and, and he's going to push them for other kinds of aid. So it'd be very interesting to see where this goes with the Senate, because as we talked about yesterday, and as you know, you know, you have Lindsey Graham saying, and I, you know, I trust he's right on this, that right now you'd have 75 U.S. senators in favor of cutting off all Russian oil exports. Obviously, Biden adamantly opposed to it. So. We'll follow that together. Hey, I got to tell you, I was I was wrong on Tucker Carlson. I always liked him fine, but before he took over that Megyn Kelly slot, I'd always seen him as just kind of another guy, another smart guy with some interesting things to say. Nothing wrong with that. But I, I did not appreciate, you know, the major impact that he would have. And I don't always agree with him, but I agree with him a lot. But, but he is, like Lauren Boebert, you know, he is one of those fearless people out there. And, and how many people do you find in any walk of life right now who are just absolutely fearless? I mean, I clearly, and I think this is obvious, you find so many more fearless people in private life, you know, outside of politics. But in that public realm, how many folks do you find who are fearless? And Lauren Boebert's one, and we disagree every now and then on a tactic. We do it on air in a friendly way, but she's fearless in support of her principles. Tucker Carlson fearless and does he go over the line every now and then sure but you know what you can't be a warrior you can't be in the arena with, without occasionally going over the line just because we're human and and no human's perfect so bottom line I, I am really glad tucker carlson's out there but is he right about this what's the point of all of this putin is bad no one in america is going to argue with that But will destroying
3: the entire Russian economy make Putin less bad? Will it force Russian troops to withdraw from Ukraine? And if it will, how exactly will that work, and how long will it take? Or is the plan bigger than that? Is the idea that we can force Vladimir Putin from office entirely? Okay, will that work? And if it does work, what happens to Russia after Vladimir Putin leaves? Would the next Russian president be an improvement
1: over Putin? Or would Russia descend into barbarous chaos like Iraq, Syria, and Afghanistan did once we overthrew their governments? All fair questions, all smart questions, but where I disagree with Tucker is there are moments when what is happening is so bad and so wrong on every level that basic human decency, basic morality, and our national interest, the world's interest require an immediate response, even though there's no guaranteed outcome, even though all the risks that Tucker spoke to are real. Sometimes things are so bad that you simply cannot sit back. And I believe this is one of those moments. If I'm wrong, tell me. If you agree, that's fine too. 855 Let's fly to Highlands Ranch, Colorado. You're on the Dan Kaplan Show, Mark.
3: Hey, Dan, thank you for taking my call. But uh, two things real quick. If we're willing to arm the Taliban as we have, no question on arming the Ukraine. That's a no-brainer. Um, number two, I'm kind of scared for the new precedence we're setting. And that precedence is any country that either has a verifiable threat of having nuclear weapons or a suggestion that they may have them and they work. If that is what we're going to do is just back down and let them invade anyone in any country at any time because they have that suggestion. Well, we set that table now, and I'm very scared hmm. for many other countries now that see this and move forward. At some point, I want peace. I don't agree that we need to send troops in either. But at some point, because of the horrific tragedy this is, we're sending a message. Threaten nukes
2: and then you can go and
1: Yeah, pay. brilliantly said. So, brilliant. no, 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 it's an important thought and a key question for people. So I want to hear from folks what they think the answer is to that, because you have nailed the question, Mark. So if, if you had the magic wand, if you were president of the United States, what would your approach be to that nuclear blackmail?
3: If it were me, I do not think I would send troops in. But my message to him would be very clear that I will do everything in my power to arm and support the Ukrainian people short of direct confrontation between American soldiers and Russian soldiers. Now, if any threat or attack is poised at the United States directly or indirectly from you, I am not afraid to go to that level.
1: A nuclear Nothing level
3: is being shown to them i would i'm not saying i would be willing to go to the nuclear level i'll be willing to say look if you are going to keep threatening people with nukes we will at some point you're going to have to find out how serious they are because right now the the table is set the table has been set Threaten nukes and maybe if, if people are so afraid of that well he may take all of europe <laughs> who's to stop him i don't know But at some point, we're going to have, it's a chess game, and at some point it's going to have to be checkmate. Yeah, and and what does that check, yeah, Yeah.
1: Yeah. what what does that look like?
3: one One last point, maybe we need to get the mafia involved, and maybe there's a way to take somebody out, I'm sure we can do it. I would be looking at taking him out before threatening nukes via whatever means possible, and if he's dead, well, at least he's off the table. We move on to the next one. That is probably what I would look at doing first. Hey, hey Mark, appreciate the
1: call. I, I, and I hope you call off. And I, I want folks to to think about this. And, and let's talk about it on the other side. Because Mark nailed the question, but what's the answer? Yeah, clearly, Putin right now is using nuclear blackmail. Hey, if Putin came out and said, hey, if NATO countries even talking about talking about trying to stop me, I'm going to go nuclear. So it's nuclear blackmail blackmail. But obviously, nobody wants to go nuclear. That would be madness. So how do you deal with somebody like Putin, and with the success he's having in his evil way, he won't be the last one, who threatens to use nukes if you don't give them everything they want? What's the answer to that? You're on the Dan Kaplan Show
2: I'll tell you what, I don't want to get in a debate with you on theology, but you know. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna make it. I'm not gonna make a judgment for other people. Why? Why
1: did I? I'm not gonna make a judgment for other people. When did we hear that last? Uh, yeah, slavery slavery yeah, i'm opposed to slavery but you know that's that's the property owner's decision yeah that's where we heard that before joe biden this was a questioner about uh, you know and this was an ash wednesday question you know president biden as a catholic how do you justify your support for abortion and i wish you'd seen the video because biden's asked that question and then jill's ears perk up and she comes over to bail him out and and you heard biden say well i'm not going to get into a debate on theology very good thing for Biden, because he would have lost badly and it wouldn't have lasted long. There's no gray area on the theology side, you know, but because the Catholic Church has made it clear, it's absolutely foundational, you know, the, the civil right to life. But the Catholic Church is also very clear that, that there's a difference between, you know, the, the private sin of abortion and these public figures who turn it into public scandal by advocating. And promoting and expanding abortion, you know, that takes it from a theological perspective, you know, to a, another place. And so, yeah, so so Joe Biden obviously doesn't want to get into that debate. But here's the biggest point. What Joe Biden so dishonestly, but that's who he is, right? But you see this dishonesty throughout the pro-abortion movement. You know, what, what these politicians so dishonestly say, because they think you're stupid or don't care, is that, Hey, as Biden just said, I, I don't want to impose my faith on anybody else. That's so dishonest, because opposition to abortion doesn't depend one iota, one scintilla, one millimeter on faith. It, it's a matter of basic medical fact. It, it, it's just a matter of medicine. You know, the fact that, that many faiths condemn abortion doesn't mean that abortion laws laws that protect the unborn before birth are somehow then religious laws no no it, it's it's craziness the basis the basis for protecting the unborn is not dependent in any way shape or form on faith it's just dependent on medicine and basic morality it is undisputed medical fact when life begins it, it's undisputed that these are, are, it just as a matter of science, you know, separate individuals with their own DNA, you know, who are being destroyed forever in abortion. That's a matter of medical fact. It's not religious philosophy. It's a matter of medical fact. So Biden fundamentally dishonest when he says, oh, I don't want to impose my faith on anybody else. Yeah. 855-405-8255. The number. Let's go to Scott and Loveland. You're on the Dan Kaplan show. Welcome.
4: Hi, Dan. How are
1: you doing? I am living the dream. How about you?
4: I am well. Hey, I just wanted to share with you, you had this question of uh, nuclear blackmail come up. And there's actually a literary work uh, that deals with that very issue extensively uh, called On Thermonuclear War by Herman Kahn. I'm not trying to shill this guy's book, but Herman Kahn worked for the RAND Corporation, which advises the military back in the Mm -hmm. 60s. Mm -hmm. And his book on thermonuclear war basically spells out what amounts to 80-some years of American policy dealing with nuclear war. And so if you really want to get into that topic, that's where you would start, is uh, basically what all are your options under that scenario.
1: Well, we know this, right? Every sane person. Every sane person wants to avoid nuclear war of any kind, and even if it's limited tactical nukes, quote unquote, uh, at almost any cost, but not at all costs. And and simply surrendering to evil and allowing Putin, Xi, Ayatollahs, whomever, to take over the world, no, not at that cost. But you have to exhaust every imaginable, every imaginable alternative approach before ever even considering using nukes, right? And and so that's where. Well, that's where it has to go beyond the norm. It has to go beyond the norm and normal tactics and normal considerations, because now you've got a guy like Putin who's openly threatening use every time somebody offends him.
4: Hmm. Doesn't seem like we're dealing with a stable individual here, which has always been the um, the real stumbling block. Well, well
1: Scott, whether we um, are or not. dealing with people who look
4: in in their own best national interests. You can use mutual assured destruction and have some degree of stability, but when you have a, a rogue such as, as Putin, that kind of takes it to another level.
1: Yeah, Scott, no, I appreciate that, and thanks for making that great point about the stable individual, because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether somebody, Putin in this case, is unstable clinically or just acts that way. It's the same effect. It doesn't matter. And the truth is, when you're talking about evil in in whatever form, whether it's G, evil, Ayatollah, evil, Putin, evil, when you're talking about evil, they can be perfectly stable mentally. But because they are evil, they can do the exact same thing Putin's do, which is challenging the West and saying, I know you will fold because, you know, I, Putin, I'm evil. And, and that I will use nuclear weapons if you don't give me everything I want. And I know you, Joe Biden, will fold. So whether it's Putin now, whether it's Xi, whether it's Ayatollah, somebody acting on pretext, it's coming. I mean, it's here with Putin, but more is coming. So how should the U.S. deal with that? How can you deal with that and do what must be done, which is to keep us out of a nuclear war, short of surrendering this nation how do you deal with that? Eight five five four zero five eight two five five the number. Hey, a programming note. And I did that hit, you know, with Biden and did his goofy, dishonest response on abortion. We will be next week talking about uh, this bill that uh, the Colorado Democratic Party, just radical pro-abortionist, uh, introducing in the legislature and trying to fast track, and and it would make Colorado the most radically pro-abortion state in the nation. Now, there'd be no parental notification, as I understand the bill, at any age, abortion up to the date of birth for any reason, you know, all of that insane craziness. So we'll be talking about that more over the course of the next week or so. But, you know, I, I have to laugh when I see this Denver Post piece on it, citing crisis point, Colorado Democrats act to guarantee abortion rights in the state. And then they talk about how Roe may fall, et cetera you know what they're really terrified of? Colorado Democratic Party, all these radical pro-abortionists. What they're really terrified of is having the great debate. They're, They're terrified of Roe falling and the people getting to decide. And they're terrified about the great debate because they know it will expose them. I mean, abortion's just been so ingrained in America. But when the Supreme Court took it away from the people there just haven't been many real debates on abortion because that that's Supreme Court took it away from the state legislatures. You know, the big questions away from the state legislatures. So the Colorado Democrats and all these other pro boards, they're terrified of letting people open their minds and have the great discussion and then put it on the ballot, you know, have a referendum in Colorado. And listen, I understand that if Roe falls as it should, And all of a sudden we can vote on it in Colorado. I'm not trying to tell you that Colorado all of a sudden is going to outlaw abortion. I would not expect that to happen. But over time, you bet. And the reason I believe that is because people are fundamentally good. For the same way that slavery eventually fell. And slavery was so ingrained into American life, particularly in the South, American economy, even some of our founders... But slavery eventually fell because people are fundamentally good. And, and so once this issue, once the people even have a chance to vote on the issue and they have to have the great debate, just the sheer horror the, as a matter of medical fact. No, that's what the pro-abortionists, the Colorado Democratic Party is so afraid of. They will lose that debate. It may not be day one, may not be day 10, but they'll lose the debate. And here's the other thing they're terrified about. In the meantime, they will get exposed. They will get exposed to be the radical extremists that they are. Because when people learn, hey, what a saying? these Colorado Democrats who prance around pretending to be moderate, this and that, Jared Polis favors abortion up to labor and delivery, and sometimes during labor and delivery, all of a sudden doesn't look so moderate, looks a little more monstrous. You're on the Dane Kaplan Show.
4: Dan, uh, this is absolutely
3: uh, not something that I had planned on doing. Uh, I I, I wasn't expecting those service members to be ignored. Uh, And, you know, I understand uh, decorum of the House, and I understand how how some folks may be upset that decorum was broken. Uh, It was actually broken several times. But uh, there, there are some images that are seared in your mind.
1: Wow. That is my favorite story of the week. That obviously representative Lauren Boebert on the show with me after the left, their heads exploded across the nation from sea to shining sea when she called Joe Biden out on his intent to ignore these 13 heroes who gave that last full measure of devotion in Afghanistan on his watch. He was going to ignore them and she made sure that didn't happen. And uh, and boy, I'll tell you, and as I told her on the show, I don't like this whole thing that started with people shouting out during the State of the Union. I just don't like the whole thing. But if that's the only way these 13 were going to get respected at the State of the Union, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. And and you know what? It, It goes back a little bit to what I was talking about in the last segment, which is the left is so afraid. And, and the reason they get so hysterical over Lauren Boebert is they are so afraid of her. That is what they are afraid of. And listen, everybody has their own style. It takes a village, right, to defeat the left. And so you got the GOP types who are more, you know, Rubio acting. And you got the GOP types who are more kind of street fighters like Trump. It takes everybody. It takes everybody. That, that's good. That's part of the spice of it. But we don't win. Make no mistake about it. All these values that are so crucial, all these principles, you know, they, they fail. That The principles won't fail. The values won't fail. But the left will prevail if we don't have fighters. If we don't have fighters. If we didn't have Donald Trump, if we didn't have win, him win that presidency, what would the U.S. Supreme Court look like right now? You know, I, I mean, for the first time, we have a one justice, conservative justice majority, and look how much good it's done already. So, yeah, these fighters are critical. And Lauren Boebert, she is a fearless fighter. And we disagree every now and then, but we agree on most things. And, um, yeah, so that's that's my favorite story of the week right there. Just fearlessly standing up to the left. And you can't always color, you know, inside the lines. You have to color inside the legal lines and the ethical lines. But if you're going to be out there fighting against the left for what's right, you know, sometimes people are going to be offended by things you say, but... She is fearless. And thank God, somebody respected those 13 at the State of the Union because Biden wasn't going to. I, I was telling Grant during the break, because Grant Smith, who's really one of the giants in the world of producers, filling in today for Ryan, who has a well-deserved day off. And, and I noticed those big eyes back there with Grant, you know, because I just did what it's a Friday afternoon and we covered back to back nuclear war, World War III pending in Ukraine and then we we covered abortion we covered abortion and now yeah so keeping it light on a Friday but hey it's the world we live in right now right this stuff is real and it's urgent and got to talk about it that that's why you're kind enough to be here on a show like this you care about the world whether you agree with me or absolutely disagree with me you care about the world so you want to be plugged into what's going on and thank god you are Wow, what a week. And, and what will next week bring? I mean, we ask that every weekend, but this weekend is so much more profound. You know, with, with a nation being murdered before our eyes, Biden and other Western so-called leaders, obviously prepared for a long time and ready now to feed the beast with Putin and, and sacrifice Ukraine to him. And would somebody explain this one to me? You know, predictably, we now see the people of Ukraine in humanitarian crisis, hungry, risk of starvation, etc. You know, I don't want U.S. troops in a shooting war in Russia, but why in the world can't the West just tell Putin, hey, we are going to do flyovers. We're coming in on the ground with humanitarian aid. We are not going to let these people starve. We're not going to let people die in hospitals for lack of basic medicine. We're not going to allow children to perish from either malnutrition or treatable illnesses. We're not going to allow people to freeze to death. We're bringing in humanitarian aid. We're not going to fight you militarily, and you're lucky, but we're bringing in humanitarian aid. And if you shoot at us, you will die regretting that. Why, Why can't the West tell him that? And listen. As this, as this slow-motion torture murder of Ukraine continues to unfold while Biden and other Western leaders cry crocodile tears, we're going to face these issues in a very profound way. There's only so much food. There's only so much clean water. There's only so much medicine. And so let's see, let's see if the West, let's see if Biden passes that test. I'm not at all confident he will. Did that lighten it up, Grant? I know you were after something a little bit lighter to close the show. I thought that might do it. That's what we needed. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. (laughs) You know, and you know what kind of week it's been when I'm sitting here scrolling through all of our sound, trying to find something light to finish the week with. And um, I'm not seeing anything right now. It's just one of those moments, right? And doesn't life flow that way? Where... Everybody's busy. Everything's so intense each and every day. But then there are these peak moments and hopefully in your life, there are a lot of big positive peak moments. And then there are these crossroad moments of testing where, you know, the world's changing and it's just a matter of, is it going to end up changing in a good way or a really bad way? And we are living through one of those moments together. So we're going to stay all over it. Grateful you're here. Grant, so great to work with you today. Grant Smith and Kelly, as always, just human sunshine. Hope you have a, a great weekend. Thanks for being with us. Join us Monday on the Dan Kaplan Show.